Hey there, and welcome to the Praying Christian Women podcast, where our goal is to equip you with the tools you need to ditch the prayer guilt, grow in your relationship with God, and pray like you and nobody else. Stay tuned for our latest episode after this quick word from our sponsor. Do you want to go deeper in your faith even while you're on the go? No matter how busy the season you're in, Access More has a library of faith-based podcasts to help you grow spiritually. With podcasts from Christian thought leaders such as Christine Kane, Lisa Harper, Taryn Wells, and Bob Goff, you can hear podcasts on religion, culture, family, entertainment, and so much more. Access More gives you a safe space to find inspiring conversations about faith. Start listening today at accessmore.com. Hello. Welcome to the Praying Christian Women podcast. I'm Alana here with Jamie. How's it going, Jamie? It's going well. So we have something fun. We just realized that we are to the month celebrating four years of the Praying Christian Women podcast. So I've got an itty bitty bit of coffee left in my cup. I'll raise it up to my my camera and we'll do a little kink. Cheers. (laughs) Anniversary cheers. No, we're just so thankful for the opportunity to do this. Uh, thankful that you have been with us as listeners and thankful. Yeah. I mean, this has been so good for my own life, having a time and a space carved out just to focus on prayer. I I'm so changed by it and so thankful. And, you know, another huge thing, I just love that it gives you and I the chance to come here and continue our friendship long distance for so many years. I know. I love it. I, I just remember times when I've personally been going through difficult things, but I sit down in this chair and it's mm-hmm. like, I feel right. I feel yeah okay again. And it's just, um, uh, it's been a huge blessing to me just to have our discussions. And, you know, mm-hmm. even though we're having the discussions along with a bunch of other women <laughs> that are listening mm-hmm. in, mm-hmm. it's, it's totally friendship building to do this because yes. they're authentic conversations. We're not putting on a show. This is us mm-hmm. talking about stuff. So it's yeah. been amazing. And just to even have like the appointment to talk about prayer and to think mm-hmm. about prayer yeah. has been challenging and, and has helped helped me to grow. So for sure. It almost reminds me like I've never done something like Weight Watchers, but I know a big part of it was that like accountability, you know, you're going to be in this group at this time, you're going to weigh in, you're going to talk about, um, you know, or even something like AA where you just, you kind of know this is a standing appointment and I'm going to be bearing my soul (laughs) to somebody. Um, no, I, I just, I'm so, so thankful that we get to do this. It's been great. Yeah. Well, our episode one of the Praying Christian Women podcast was, um, I think it aired September 20th, 2018. And it's, what does it mean to be a praying Christian woman in the 21st century? So this episode is going to be kind of similar to that, but it's going to focus on like, what are the unique challenges of being a praying Christian woman in 2022 mm-hmm. and in, yeah. you know, just our modern lives? Yeah. No, I can't wait. And it, it is a fun callback to that very first episode. Isn't it, it funny? Is. Like, um, I know we've mentioned it on the show before, but when you and I were talking about doing a podcast and, you know, to be fair, we batted around other ideas for podcasts mm-hmm. that weren't prayer related at one point, we were like, well, we could do like the intersection between science and Christianity. Like we, we had several or, um, 
stories of persecuted believers. Uh, so yeah, we batted around a few ideas and, and we really settled on prayer. And at the beginning, it really was like, how many topics are we going to be able to come up with? <laughs> Here we are. How? What episode-ish? Are we in the 200s, 300s? What are we at-ish? Yeah, this will be... Um... I'm enjoying. Okay, 224, 25. Over, um, yeah. Like 225 or yeah. so, two, so, something like that. Thankfully, haven't run out of topics yet. And like I was I was in a group talking about podcasting and some people basically talked about how they just take the same topics and just kind of recycle them almost like um like churches where every 5 years the the sermon, you know, it's like every fifth year, our sermons are on this series, right? Like, and they just mm-hmm. kind of go through it. Um, we haven't really, <laughs> haven't really recycled topics, you know, there are we certain haven't. things. Yeah, yeah. that we we've um, touched on things that overlap, you know, they're right, been, but we've mm-hmm. never just duplicated a title. Yeah, which I mean, <laughs> if we were, if we were to take all of our episodes from year one and do the exact same today, I, I think they would be fairly different you know, just in terms of how, how we've grown and think about things and yeah, yeah just super, super interesting. And yeah, yeah. it really would. Mm-hmm. So uh, what are we talking about today? The challenges of being a praying Christian women. Yeah. in in this century, right. There are always challenges about prayer, but I think that what we're doing is really focusing on the challenges that apply today, you know? Mm. Um, so how about, I'm going to go a tiny, tiny bit out of order, or, or maybe just as part of our intro, because um, we do have another just for fun question. But even like in the last four years, what do you see as like the biggest societal change or change in your own personal or family life? Well, there have been two. I mean, when we started four years ago, I might have considered myself a little kid mom because I did have yeah you know, preschool by then preschool. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that like now I'm not a little kid mom at all. Mm -hmm. Like no one would even Mm -hmm. think that. So that's a big Mm -hmm. shift. Yeah. Um, My prayer closet has changed drastically. Just what my Mm -hmm. prayer life looks like, because I now have more free time because I have kids. I have an oldest kid Mm -hmm. that's old enough to babysit the little ones. He's Mm -hmm. driving now. My youngest is in school. I have one homeschooling, but still I've got these like. Mm-hmm. pockets of time where I'm not totally consumed with caring for children. Yeah. Um, the pandemic is the biggest sure. thing that I think we collectively have gone through in the last four years. Mm-hmm. And I think that has drastically changed. I don't think it changed as much as it just was, it, it magnified the effects of technology in our society because of the need yeah. for it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, we were, you and I were meeting on Zoom before Zoom was cool. I remember. And I just yeah. thought, I remember when all the schools were using Zoom and, and I'm like, mm-hmm. well, we, yeah, we use that. We've been using that since whatever, because this was not our first podcast. We yeah. actually had the prevailing prayer podcast for mm-hmm. what, like two years before. So yeah. we've really been podcasting for about six years now. So yeah, yeah, we began with Zoom in 2016, Mm -hmm. maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And those episodes are available to our patrons, right? Yes. Patreon.com slash, what is it? Just Praying Christian Women, I assume. Something like that. (laughs) You can find us somewhere. We're on Patreon somewhere. (laughs) 
Yeah. Prayingchristianwomen.com slash partner will take you to our partner. Patreon That's page. right. That's right. Yeah. 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 I would say for sure the pandemic's been the biggest societal thing. And I think along with that, um, you know, things do feel more polarized. And I think that people um, don't feel really quite as safe and secure anymore. You know, there was a sense of, oh, wow, like any, like a life changing catastrophe could happen any day. Right. And for people who haven't gone through a personal catastrophe to that degree. Like I think for a lot of people, even adults, like this was the first big thing that was like, okay, nothing's, <laughs> nothing's certain. Um, but you know, in a way that's good. It helps us to rely on the Lord more and recognize our need for him. I do think it's gotten society more polarized. I would say that that's, that's kind of the biggest change I've seen looking back over the last four years. And I mean, it's been a long way coming four years ago. Things were still pretty polarized, (laughs) but it it definitely seems to have been moving more. So no, it feels amplified and within the Mm -hmm. church as well. I feel like within the church, Mm -hmm. there's, there's just become a lot more polarization. There's, there have Mm -hmm. always been conflicts within the church, but I think just with more people online more often Mm -hmm. and relying Mm -hmm. on that so much during the pandemic as their connection, Mm -hmm. Yeah, it became so easy to forget when you're not seeing the look on someone's face when you say something to them, mm-hmm. you know, that will cause you pause, you just keep going, you know, yeah, you can, you can just view someone as uh, a name on a screen, as opposed to a living, breathing, feeling human. Mm-hmm. And so I think that has that has made it easier in all areas of life to be. Yeah. Less- Yeah. And kind. Completely agree. Yeah. Well, um, we're going to be talking about, yeah, the challenges of being a praying Christian woman in this day and age, but let's go ahead and start with our prayer and verse of the day. God, we just thank you for this time. And we just thank you for four years of podcasting with the Praying Christian Women podcast and what it's meant to us and just the doors that you've opened for us to be able to meet people, um, the women that come on and speak um, and have conversations with us on the podcast and just talking to each other about all of these important topics, the listeners we've gotten to engage with and just all of the ways that you've expanded our world through this and expanded our faith and deepened our faith through this podcast. We just pray your blessing on it. And we just continue to pray for your direction and your vision for our next steps. Um, We just ask that you'd be glorified in this time. And um, we just thank you. Amen. Amen. Our verse of the day, um, I took from Esther 414. For if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place, but you and your father's family will perish. And who knows but that you have come to your royal position for such a time as this. This is just kind of that commonly, you know, commonly known passage when Queen Esther, who was of Jewish origins, um, was was given favor by the king Mm -hmm. in a time when the Jews could have been annihilated. And her favor is basically, you know, God given. And I just think of that, you know, we have a royal position as well. We're daughters of the king. And Mm -hmm. who knows that we have not been 
placed here in the 21st century in 2022 Mm -hmm. for such a time as this. And sometimes we think, oh man, things are so much easier back when, you know, maybe I should have been born in that decade Mm -hmm. or, you know, living, Mm -hmm. I would like to go back to this or that time, but we're here for a reason and good, bad, or ugly, like what is, you know, what are the challenges? Let's embrace those challenges and, and look to move past them, or at least invite God into them during, during this time. Absolutely. Well, and I think it becomes a little bit, especially in Christian circles. um, Let's look back at the good old days with nostalgia. I think sometimes it's really important to reflect on all the things that are so much better now, right? Um, Child and infant mortality rates, right? How many women in our listening audience, and I'm going to raise my hand here, would have died in childbirth if it weren't for advances in medicine and technology, right? Like, yep. Same here. You know, my, my first son stalled out and only seven centimeters wasn't going to come out. My placenta was starting to erupt. I would have, yeah, I would have hemorrhaged and he, and I would have died, (laughs) you know? So yes, you know, and then like, I think back to when I was a kid and the same, like adults were saying the same thing. People, you know, society's becoming so much more corrupt. Sin is being so much more tolerated. Like, I kind of feel like this has been the way every generation feels. Yeah. I mean, you look back to, you know, babies being sacrificed at, you know, yeah. Yeah. I mean, there was lots of horrible stuff. Yeah. So um, before we get into our plan, just for fun, how about as a secondary, just fun, like what are, what are the, some of the like amazing things that have changed even in our own lifetimes? I remember Talking to my dad, I don't even, I just have this, this picture of talking to my dad, there was something, some technology thing that had come out. And I just remember, you know, I was maybe 12. So 1988. Mm-hmm. And I, I remember just saying, just look at all the stuff that's happened, you know, <laughs> personal computers. Are yeah. Thing and Atari, you know, <laughs> yeah. Um, was Nintendo even out yet? Probably no, Nintendo, not. not yeah. uh, when I was 12, I think, I think it, it was. I think okay. Nintendo was. Atari was more maybe eight mm-hmm. or nine. Um, but I remember, you know, that the Commodore 64 and the <laughs> floppy disks with uh-huh. the hole in the middle, you know. And But mm-hmm. I just remember saying, think of all the stuff that has happened and all mm-hmm. the things, the advances. Can you just even imagine what we're going to see in our lifetime? Yeah. And now here I am, you know, I'm 45 and the world has changed. I mean, mm-hmm. there are com- microscopic computers and yeah. you know, a handheld phone that's more powerful than the huge mainframes of the 1970s, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So um, I'm getting off of the top. You said, what are the things? Yeah, that- just some of the improvements. The improvements, um, health, health yeah. related things. I'm thinking of my you know, relatives that have had heart problems Mm -hmm. and they can actually place a defibrillator in your heart to Mm -hmm. sense when you're having a small heart attack to Mm -hmm. defibrillate your heart and get it back on track. Um, Mm -hmm. That's amazing to me. Um, Mm -hmm. Transplants and chemotherapy and different kinds of cancer treatments that Mm -hmm. have come along, you know, Getting cancer in 1976 was very different than getting cancer in 2022. Yeah. Or even AIDS, you know, like I was middle school in the nineties and that was, I mean, that was a huge, everybody was, 
you know, talking about it. And I mean, it's still a a bad thing, but it's not a death sentence anymore. Um, You know, by the time we're octogenarians, there's probably going to be a cure for Alzheimer's. Like that's pretty exciting. I sure hope so. Just my family history. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so yeah, I would say like medicine stuff is for sure up there for me too, especially like a lot of the mental health um, improvements, right? Yeah. Like people are able to function that a hundred years ago might've like just never left home. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, the technology, like it's, it's no accident that we're here at this time, you know, Mm -hmm. if we were born two generations ago, you and I wouldn't have a platform at all to be talking about prayer. You know, we talked about this with, you know, your grandmother and her prayer legacy. We've talked about Mm -hmm. that. And just Mm -hmm. this idea that, you know, you have expressed that you feel like you're like this podcast even is maybe part Mm -hmm. of your grandmother's prayer legacy that she left. But when she was praying for you, she, she yeah. probably wasn't even aware that wasn't it in her mind. Was a thing, yeah. You know? Right. Yeah. Um, and I just think back to uh, just some of the ways that the gospel was gotten across. Like I've heard people talk mm-hmm. about the reason, you know, some of the reasons or evidence that Jesus came into the world when he did in history, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. the Roman road had been, yeah created. Mm-hmm. So there were these mm-hmm. new ways of connecting Traveling, places that were yeah. not previously connected. Mm-hmm. So the gospel could go out. Well, yeah. look at what, like look how connected we are now, <laughs> Look how many people can mm-hmm. hear the gospel from, you know, virtually every continent yeah. has access to the internet in some yeah. way. And, and so through the internet, through the pandemic, I think about what if, you know, we had suffered this pandemic in a different time, mm-hmm. which there have been others before that did. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But the fact that people were able to, you know, maybe not gather in church, but they could actually, I think there were people, I know anecdotal evidence of people that didn't go to church that during the pandemic, because so many people were streaming services, not that they had yeah. been doing it before. No, you know, you but just, it. It's more, yep. it's more mm-hmm. out there. So yeah. there, there've been definitely more ways of yeah. getting the gospel out. Yeah. And I think, you know, there are certain human rights things that have for sure improved um, educational opportunities across the world for girls and women being one. Um, I, I just heard an interesting story. So I, I knew Jackie Robinson is basically just the guy who broke the color barrier in baseball. But I didn't realize he was also like an activist. He was in the army and kind of did his own bus boycott because when he was in the army, he was supposed to sit, he and the other African-Americans are supposed to sit in the back and he refused, you know? And so you think about things you're like, I remember one of my friends telling me that I think it was her, I forget if it was her dad or her grandpa went to one of the first integrated schools in the South. And then she told me the year and I was like, wait a minute. So it must've been her grandpa. I'm like, my dad was alive then. Like, you know, it just certain things that you don't realize how we're not that far from when everything was segregated. No, you know, I, I think I was watching hidden figures or mm, there was a movie I was watching, mm-hmm. but I was just like, wait a second stuff like this was happening so recently. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, mm-hmm. it is, it's crazy, <laughs> crazy. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. So moving on our, our scheduled just for fun question is what is your biggest technology pet peeve? 
So mine, I would say is slow loading, just uh-huh. slowness. I, yeah. and, and, you know, it's one of those things. One of our prayer tips is if you have slow internet, if you have your computer takes too long to load, mm-hmm. um, if you're finding yourself being impatient with technology, take that, take a moment to pray and, and yeah. that time will go by faster. So I need to take my own advice, but that I would say that is kind of my pet peeve when I'm trying mm-hmm. to, trying to get to something quickly yeah. and I type it in and it's like, just internet slow or yeah. locked up or something. Yeah. I don't know how many cumulative hours of my life I've lost. This is my pet peeve where I, I'm think I'm going to a video. That's usually like some cute animal kind of thing, but I press the wrong button. So basically like I'm just watching an ad and I'm waiting. Cause I'm assuming that after that, that ad, ad, I've done that a, too. after the ads mm. over, then I get to see this like cute baby elephant who gets saved out of the mud hole, but no, it's just the ad. <laughs> All right. I've, I've got another pet peeve, clickbait, how you yeah. see, you scroll oh, through and you see something and you're like, is that real? Like you think it's related, mm-hmm. but then you realize it says sponsored and you're just yeah. like, that's ridiculous. Oh, yeah. Those things. Or, are okay. One more. When you think you're clicking on like the next button or you think you're clicking on a button, but then like the page moves. So it makes you click on an ad. Does that ever happen to you? Yes. Like kind of a scrolling. So like mm-hmm. you think like, Right now on my phone, the button to go where I want to go is right here. But then yep. as soon as my finger gets there, like something moves and boom, I'm on that. All yes. right. They're on to us. They know how we work. They do. <laughs> well, let's talk about some of the um, yeah unique challenges. I think for sure we can keep in mind all the positives. Like as women, in a way we are busier, but also like we do have more time in that we're not washing laundry by hand, right? You know what I mean? Like we have appliances that can help with things. We're not walking 10 miles a day for groceries. At least, you know, most, most of us aren't. Um, so, you know, when we talk about challenges, it's also not forget, like there's some really great things too. Do you remember the Jetsons? Did you ever watch the Jetsons? I watched it a little bit. I know um, I forget if it was you, yeah so it might be a little bit yeah but I loved the Jetsons and I just remember this one scene in the Jetsons where there's what it's like the mom is Jane his mm-hmm. wife is like oh, I have to do the dishes again and she walks over and she pushes this button and this robot arm like <laughs> gathers all the Touches dishes, it, yeah. puts it in the thing. It shakes it around uh-huh. and cleans them and it puts uh-huh. it back in the, yeah. But that's how, I mean, I'm guilty of that. Mm-hmm. I'm guilty yeah. of being like, oh, mm-hmm. I've got to do the dishes again. I've well, got to switch the laundry over. <laughs> yeah. Got to switch the laundry when, <laughs> yeah. Instead of doing each one by hand. Yeah. It is amazing how spoiled we are and yet how the things that we do quickly open up room to just fill up that space with even more stuff. It is. Yeah. We're busier than normal. And theoretically we have more time than ever. So it is just kind of a funny, um, funny irony there, but yeah, I mean, I think one of the biggest challenges that most people say about their prayer lives is, yeah, I'm really, really busy. Um, I'm trying to just picture like if mom's in the fifties, I'm I'm just trying to compare, like, were they just as busy, less busy? I'm not really sure. I think it's just, I think we're always busy. We just get busy with different things would be my guess. 
when I look at at least TV shows that portray Mm -hmm. life in the fifties or sixties, which isn't necessarily accurate, right? but I feel like there was busy focusing on different things. Yeah. Like I it think was still busy. was very yep. important back then. And to some people maybe it still is, but mm-hmm. looking your best, you know, like what is yeah. the, um, the, the not miss manners. What is Emily post? How she's like the, the guru of etiquette and oh, okay. you know, as a housewife, your job mm-hmm. is to look mm-hmm. your best for your husband yeah. every day and mm-hmm. make sure that, you know, you've got your day clothes that you clean <laughs> in, and before uh-huh. he gets home, you switch right. into switch your over, really nice, yeah. you know, outfit. And your yeah, yeah. I don't know if that's really how people did. Things, I'm sure some people did, you know, but there might have been more, but... more attention to appearances and mm-hmm. there, you know, there wasn't the kind of fast food like not even right. Fast food yeah, that you can way buy, more time cooking yes. prepared meals. So a lot of the day when I when I cook from scratch, I mean, like most of my day could be spent in the kitchen cooking and cleaning, literally. Yeah, like mm-hmm. my most of my day. Um, yeah, but it's yeah. So it's it is kind I of. I think women have always found ways to be busy. Find way, mm-hmm. finding ways to be busy. Yeah, think, because then if you go, you know, pre fifties and you get to just you know the homesteading family, of course, every day it's it's cooking, it's tending the farm, it's gardening, it's milking the cows. So I think yeah, I think busyness has always been a thing. I just think that um, if anything, I would say that maybe old school busyness allowed for more free mind wandering time. Like I'm even picturing when I was nursing babies, I read a book because this was before like smartphones. Me and too. I remember I read lots of books when I was nursing yeah. my oldest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, when you're on a long car trip, maybe you get a book on tape. If you don't, you just have your thoughts or whoever you're you're with. So I do I do see a difference in that our minds are more engaged in outside stuff. I do feel like we have less just kind of daydreamy time because, you know, you picture the 1950s woman, she's, let's say she's spending four hours a day in the kitchen, which probably wouldn't be an exaggeration if you're doing, you know, multiple meals a day from scratch and then cleaning up after. But I mean, I guess they had radio, but I, I don't see it the same as, you know, like sometimes I can spend a Saturday cleaning and listen to like 12 to 15 hours worth of podcasts. Cause I listen to them at two X. Do you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. so like, I'm busy with my hands, but my brain's kind of busy too. Whereas, you know, let's say it was back where you had to walk, you know, five miles every day to get your milk or whatever it might've been. And then walk five miles back, but you're, you know, you don't have your headphones and they're not connected to anything. So I think that there probably was more idle brain time. Yes. And oh, I, I believe so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I do feel like not having idle brain time does make it harder for prolonged times of prayer. Um, that would be one of the challenges is we're so used to listening to things on the go um, watching, you know, watching things. There were probably times where like all five of us in the family have headphones on and are listening to something different at the same time, Yeah, (laughs) you know? And so 
we don't have those just long stretches of quiet time where your mind is free to wander and that wandering mind can lead to prayer. And I do feel like that impacts our focus and our attention. Even now, like if I were to be up in the middle of the night nursing a baby now, I know I'm not, I want to be reading a book. <laughs> I don't think I have that same kind of attention span as I used to. Um, oh, I know so, that I don't. I've really mm-hmm. seen it in myself that my yeah. attention span, even for movies, because mm-hmm. a lot of the stuff online, whether it's Instagram or mm-hmm. yeah, you, know, you just Facebook pull it out these and... reels that are quick mm-hmm. and, you yeah. know, or you have something you're interested in. So you look up like a, a YouTube video on it. Yeah. Or, Mm-hmm. And, and then I sit down to watch a movie and I don't have as much patience. Like if it's yeah. not something that really grips me or I've seen mm-hmm. it before, I'm like, why mm-hmm. this is boring. Yeah. I'm gonna go Google something interesting. Exactly. You know? You're scrolling I'm an information you're hound, you know, yes. I like information. So mm-hmm. yeah. I, yeah. I, I think one of the big things about that too, that you touched on is patience and with prayer, like when we're used to such instant gratification, if you want to get in contact with someone you text them, you know, or you call them. And, but like, I, there was a time when people were unreachable, but now if I have a question and I text somebody, I'll probably hear back from them relatively quickly. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I, I think that if I have a question, I ask Siri or Alexa, Mm -hmm. or I Google it and I get that instant gratification. And I think that Mm -hmm. that affects our prayer lives because when we pray, and we don't see instant action, Mm -hmm. I think it can really make us impatient and just like, are you even there, God? Did you? I know. Like when you text, why didn't you answer quick? Yeah. Like you see the three dots, like Mm -hmm. God is typing a response. We don't see that. And so, yeah, there is this sense of even there. Um, And yeah, just being distracted, right? Like how many people on at least a weekly basis Set aside time to pray and two to five minutes later, the phone's in your hand and you're scrolling or answering emails or something. Um, Being able to soak. And I mean, this has been a change even since when we first started podcasting, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's gotten, it's gotten harder to unplug and have that time. Is the answer to have us all throw away our phones? No, because they do great things too, right? Like I'm going to guess. Oh, way over half, way, way over half the people listening here are listening on their phones right now. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know how else you do it unless you were, you know, opening up your browser <laughs> and just, list, you know, putting it on. So I, I think that we need to be aware of how these things impact our prayer life. I don't think it means that we need to throw the baby out with the bathwater necessarily. I am a fan of like sometimes a digital fast, I think can be huge um, really good for your spiritual health and your mental health, like training your brain. It's okay to be bored. That's, that's a big one because I think that's a big problem people have in their prayer lives. If you're trying to have a prolonged time of prayer and you're so used to being entertained by just scrolling through things, it's harder to not have that input. And it's, it's a lot easier to just reach for your phone and maybe you'll say, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to pray over the friends on my Facebook feed. And then all of a sudden, like half a second later, you're just scrolling Facebook mindlessly. 
We just wanted to take a quick break to share about a sponsor of today's episode, Faithful Counseling. Let's face it, life can be hard. It's so important to show up for yourself and your loved ones through all of the struggles life can bring. One way you can do this is by checking in regularly with a Christian therapist. We know not everyone has the time or the money for in-person therapy, but thanks to Faithful Counseling, Christian therapy can be accessible to anyone. You can speak to your counselor by video, phone, or text. Scheduling is so easy, and financial aid is available. I recently started using Faithful Counseling myself, and I admit I had never been to a therapist, and I was kind of nervous about the process. But I was shocked at how easy it was to get started, how convenient it is to communicate with my counselor, and how easy she is to talk to. We would love for you to find out for yourself how beneficial Christian counseling can be. So our sponsor, Faithful Counseling, is offering you 10% off your first month when you use our special link at faithfulcounseling.com slash praying. And I think when you have that, uh, I think it makes it so important to view prayer rather than just getting depressed and frustrated with yourself Mm -hmm. or even angry with yourself. I think it's so important to view prayer as training and, and to realize that just like, you know, neuroplasticity of your brain Mm -hmm. doesn't just mean that someone that has a stroke can regain Mm -hmm. their functions. It's someone who has kind of atrophied those attention muscles. Like we all Mm -hmm. probably have, Mm -hmm. we can grow those back. We can cultivate those. We can work them out and strengthen those, Mm -hmm. those prayer muscles by praying and by, you know, embracing those distractions. And, you know, you and I have had lots of, all you got to do is, you know, go to our podcast and Google distractions or, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, prayer Mm -hmm. reminders or whatever to get some Mm -hmm. of those tips for able to, to train yourself. Yeah. Going back to looking for the positive impact of some of these changes, um, I'm really thankful that there's a lot more out now about learning how to meditate, but they strip it of any kind of um, religious philosophy that would have been problematic, like, you know, five years ago, even like there's a lot of meditation apps now that are just for a typical Western, you know, atheist, where it's not about connecting with the universe. It's just about training your mind to calm down. Mm-hmm. And I think that those resources are so good for our prayer lives. Um, even just like the breathing apps, right? Like let me spend three minutes a day focusing on my breath it slows your brain down in a way that's useful for your prayers. Or like I've used sometimes the headspace app, which teaches, you know, kind of some of the basic meditation techniques, but stripped of any spiritual context. So it's just, um, you know, different techniques like, um, you know, noticing your breath is a big one. Um, What else? Like scanning your body, you know, just like starting from the top of your head and going down and just kind of checking in. Is any part of my body feeling off? How do I feel? Um, Naming your emotions or recognizing your thoughts as they come. I've found that all of those are a really good antidote to this um, fast. My brain always needs stimulation. Yeah. I think that's great. Is just, you know, training, training your brain. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think another kind of challenge that we face 
is information overload. And just as people who want to pray as Christian women, there's so much information out there. I, Mm -hmm. I remember when our oldest was, you know, my first child was born and I read all the books about all the different, you know, some people say sleep train, some people say, you know, on-demand feeding. And I I was, I was just totally discombobulated by and Mm -hmm. overwhelmed by all the information out there. Mm -hmm. And I think the same, it's, it's even more so now. And if you're talking about prayer and, you know, there are so many, it's almost like there's so many studies out there. There's so many, Mm -hmm. so much information um, so many people telling you how you should pray, or this is the trick, or this is the type mm-hmm. of prayer that's really going to give power to your prayer life, mm-hmm. that it's almost kind of overwhelming to the point oh, for of, sure. and intimidating. It's like, well, mm-hmm. I'm not that kind of prayer. I, how right. am I supposed to, you know, maybe I'm just not, not yeah. cut out for this. Right. Right. Um, you know, and I think too, with that prayer overwhelm, like, especially, when you think about news, science, like everything has gotten very politicized. So it's really hard to just be like, I want to pray through the headlines. Like that's hard because all of the headlines are over sensationalized instead of just telling you here is a bad thing happening in the world so that you know how to pray for it. They tell you here's a bad thing happening in the world and here's whose fault it is. (laughs) Right. Mm, And, but then you go to, a website on the other side of the political aisle and it's, well, here's a bad thing happening and here's why it's not this person's fault. It's that person's fault. So it's Mm -hmm. harder to, to just get straight up facts. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? And so I absolutely know what you mean. It's frustrating. Yeah. Harder to know how to pray for that. Like, um, and then sometimes if you get statistics, they contradict each other, right? The, um, Tried to think of any example that's not like super, super polarizing, but I know I can think you know, of some really polarizing ones. Right yeah. Now. You know, you're just, you're trying to research different advances in medicine. Is this safe or is this dangerous? And right. it's really hard to sift through that. Mm-hmm. And so it makes it hard to pray too, because the news sources aren't just telling us what's happening. They're interpreting and giving us all of the incendiary backstory and So yeah, that leads us instead of, okay, here's the headline of this topic that we should all be concerned about. Instead of that, it's here's the topic and here's who you need to be mad at, (laughs) you know, and that can be harmful for our prayers for sure. Yeah. Well, and I think that's why, you know, we definitely try to encourage women not to feel like they have to pray inside the box or, you know, mm-hmm. that, that they're just mm-hmm. to kind of try to, we, I think we try to equip women with ways to understand how they can pray in ways that are going to capitalize on their strengths, which yes. I think is important because there mm-hmm. is a lot out there. And if you take some things and, you know, try to apply something meant for someone of a very different Mm-hmm. skill set or gifting yes. oh, and, for sure. and yep. put yourself into that box, it's going to mm-hmm. be really frustrating. So, yeah. well, yeah. and that's another benefit of today. I even think about it from like a marketing standpoint as a business mm-hmm. owner, like five to 10 years ago, the marketing was very much like, here's one way to do it. And right. it rubs a lot of people. I think, especially women the wrong way, because it can mm-hmm. come across as very aggressive. Yeah. Um, 
very in your face. And now because there, there are so many people with platforms spreading information, one of the benefits is there is going to be like, whatever it is that you want to learn, there's going to be somebody teaching it in the style that resonates with you. Right. For you. And I, yeah. I do love that. You have, there's mm-hmm. so much out there. And I know people that have thought about starting podcasts that have been like, I just don't know. There's, there's so many out there. Yeah. But nobody has done it with your voice and your exactly. experience. And mm-hmm. I just think of um, someone we had on the podcast recently, um, Dana from A Slob Comes Clean. Her, uh, uh-huh. her book was, uh, organizing for the rest of us, I think is what it was. Okay. But anyway, she has a great testimony of just how God like guided her into using her own struggles mm-hmm. into creating this blog. And then this business mm-hmm. of, you know, helping women, but she and her struggles with housekeeping and organizing mm-hmm. were like, totally like she is me, you know, I, I just yeah, heard myself right. in the way that she, mm-hmm. now there Marie Kondo. I was about to bring her up. Like <laughs> I loved yeah. her, her stuff. And I actually used some of her, um, like I, I still fold clothes, the Marie Kondo way, Aww. because I love it uh-huh. and it's efficient uh-huh. and yeah. I enjoy it, but I'm not Marie Kondo. Yeah. And so a lot of the stuff that she suggested, I'm just like, that's not me. And so it's yeah. very cool to be able to find this cool. podcast that resonated yeah. with me about cleaning. That was like, she shared her personal story mm-hmm. and I immediately was like, that's me. And the, the yeah. way that she talks about oh, things cool. is so specific. And it's yeah. like that with, with all different types of. Yes. That is another and, benefit. Yep. Yeah. Same thing. Yeah. Authors, books, podcasts, like anybody can make a platform now. Mm-hmm. Um, in some ways that's not good. In some ways that's why a lot of misinformation gets spread, but right. it also means that you can find exactly what you are looking for. Mm-hmm. You know, like um, my husband, Scott's been working on like coaching people with diabetes because he's a type two diabetic. And so like, there's such a huge range though, of how people address it. Like some mm-hmm. people are um, very straight up, this medicine, that prescription, this thing, and other people are, you know, do all of these things. And, you know, the prescription is the very last resort and there's everything in between. And there's some people who focus on the fitness and some people who focus on the, you know, nutrition side. And it makes it sometimes harder because until you find the person who resonates with you, it can be really, really, really hard. Um, Kind of like your journey, Jamie, of trying to find somebody who could talk about, housekeeping and decluttering in a way that resonates with you when you don't even know where to start, it makes it harder. But then when you find the one or two people that do resonate with you, like it's so nice. Like I have two fitness YouTube people I follow and I don't need anybody else. Like it took me a little bit of time to find them, but now that I have them, I can stop looking. And, and that's mm-hmm. nice because you can find what matches you, what resonates with you. And I think that that's also a change in our podcast. I think that really is, as you and I have become even more and more self-aware, like I'll be 40 in half a year-ish. I feel like I've become so much more self-aware in my 30s than in any other part of my life. You know, like I feel like there's been so much, um, yeah, just feel like I'm coming into myself, you know, like feel like things that you expect to happen when you turn 18 are happening to me in my 30s, but Becoming self-aware means I'm also recognizing what does and doesn't work for me and recognizing, okay, it might work for someone else. That's great for them. Like 
for most things, prayer, especially, it's not like there's only one formula to follow. And so being able to, I I feel like that's part of the evolution of our podcast is really talking about people getting, um, uh, focusing on what works for them Mm -hmm. and embracing that instead of fighting against it. Yes. Yes. Especially in the last year, I just feel like that as we've gotten into, I think we've really enjoyed learning about, um, you know, personality, Mm -hmm. uh, like a motivation style, learning style, style. all these different things that make Mm -hmm. you who you are. And once you know that, you know, find out about yourself, which I think Mm -hmm. up to this point, like, I kind of thought of stuff like that as self-indulgent a little Mm -hmm. bit, or maybe Mm -hmm. something for someone in a business setting, as opposed to looking at it as something that would empower me as an individual Mm -hmm. to just know myself better, not for an agenda, but just like, I want to just know myself better so that Mm -hmm. I can have a better relationship with God. And so that I can have a better relationship with myself and not be so unsettled and discontent Mm -hmm. so I can start embracing my strengths yeah recognizing those things and Mm -hmm. trying to work on making those better which is Mm -hmm. so much more empowering than looking at all the stuff that's wrong with me or all of the things that I wish were different about me exactly yep no I like that you know there are challenges for sure to our prayer lives at this time but on the other hand like it's a great time to be a woman. It's a great time mm-hmm. to be learning about prayer and growing in our prayer lives. There's there's so many positive things. Um, but going back to some of the challenges, what else would you put on our list of challenges today? I think kind of going along with that last one, just discerning truth among oh, all yeah. of the voices. Right. That's yeah. Cause everybody because can get a platform. Anybody now. <laughs> can get a platform and they could yeah. look, I mean, we, we come across this sometimes just having guests on the podcast and making yeah. sure that the people that we have on are speaking mm-hmm. biblical truth because mm-hmm. anybody can say some of the right things, but then mm-hmm. maybe have some really wacky extra biblical right rules or beliefs yeah. that may be a little damaging if you yeah go deeper oh for sure so, mm-hmm. yeah well and, and we've never and actually us, oh go ahead well just for us ourselves making sure that we are representing scripture and just really being careful about never saying this is what the bible says mm-hmm. but trying to be sure to be like this is how we think this should be interpreted but make sure that you're learning the bible yourself yeah and you know, just really having a grasp on, on scripture Mm -hmm. to make sure that you can test and approve, you know, everybody, us included. Right. Right. For sure. Yeah. Because that's the benefit and the, the pitfall of living in a day and age where anybody can get a platform. And, you know, we've Mm -hmm. never talked about the behind the scenes. I think it's important to every so often just mention like, so we have a lot of interviews on here and basically like we try to make sure that the message in the interview is as truthful as possible, but like you can't vet everything forever. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And and so like we have interviews that are three or four years old now, maybe that person has gone off the theological deep end. <laughs> like we can't, um, cause I would, I would also say that the, the other extreme with like, we're just going to cancel anything the second it veers a degree off of what we think is the right track, that's dangerous too. Yeah. Right. So like maybe three years ago, we interviewed somebody on the podcast and maybe everything they said on that episode, um, we can, we can get behind, 
but maybe like two days ago, they tweeted something that 30% of our listeners don't agree with. Like, that doesn't mean we're going to go and pull their episode. Do you know what I mean? Like in an extreme case, sure, maybe we might do that. But I would say that that, that's been a struggle um, for me, like as an author, especially. And to a lesser extent in our podcast, we know there are certain certain hot button issues. And if you've been with us for now, for a while, you know, we, there are certain issues you probably aren't ever going to hear an episode about. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Um, You know, you can go to someone else's show to hear their opinions on, on that kind of thing. But, you know, that would be one of the, um, you know, just that kind of, we're going to cancel anybody who doesn't agree with us a hundred percent or like even worse, we're going to cancel somebody because at one point they like, Somebody was friends with somebody that I don't like. Somebody followed this person on Twitter. And then 10 years later, this person was exposed as being rude. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, um, there are, I'm trying to word, <laughs> word things carefully. There are um, certain names in the Christian music world that have now slightly or hugely tarnished reputations. Mm -hmm. Does that mean that if I go to a church and they're singing a song by one of those people, that it's my obligation to get up and march out? Especially like if the song is still relevant and still brings glory to God, right? Like we didn't get rid of all of David's Psalms when he committed adultery. Do you know what I mean? Like they, they still exist and thank God they do. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I, I'm not exactly sure how that impacts a person one's personal prayer life. <laughs> but I know, especially just in terms of being afraid to speak out or cautious, um, being afraid to be a hundred percent authentic because you don't want to get the wrong person upset, that that impacts just about anybody who's kind of aware of how quick people are to to cancel. Yeah, agreed. And I think part of being able to just as a Christian navigate and not throw the baby out with the bathwater mm-hmm. is being confident in, in your understanding of scripture in its entirety, yeah. which is why prayer has to go hand in hand with Bible study. You have to be yeah. reading the Bible so that you can understand what God has said and, yeah. you know, choosing, choosing wisely to yeah. the point where you can be discerning among right some different things. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and going back to like what songs you sing in church. I don't know how so-and-so who wrote this hymn in the 1800s lived their lives. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Maybe they were um, a slave-owning womanizer. <laughs> I don't know that. Does that mean that I'm going to be sinful singing a song whose lyrics are theologically accurate that does lead me into worship? No, like we, you can only go so far. Do you know right. what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. and if we were going to get to the point where, well, we can't, we can't sing a song or watch a movie or read a book by anybody who hasn't lived righteous according to our standards. Well, then we have nothing left. Right. Cause none of us, uh, including ourselves are mm-hmm. righteous according to God's standards. So yeah. 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 Like if, if every single Christian who is kind of on the let's cancel people bandwagon was in my brain and knew my thoughts, like for the last 20 years, I should be canceled for, for this, that, or the other thing, you know, like I'm not thinking about one specific thing. I don't have anything like that juicy in my background, but yeah, we're all, we all struggle and, and people change their opinions as well. And 
Yeah. So that's another big change I've seen societally. I definitely feel like it impacts the church. Like I said, I'm I'm not coming up with a, a real quick way to relate it to our prayer life specifically. So maybe you can help me segue it into that. But I, I do think that it's pertinent today for sure. Yeah. Just so segue which part into our prayer lives? Well, I guess like one example might be, oh, I'm at a prayer meeting and so-and-so is praying, but I know that back in the 1980s, so-and-so was accused right. of kicking his dog, <laughs> you know, like something yeah, like that. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. I mean, I think, I think you can only go so far. Yeah. I mean, I think it goes back to that whole idea of be careful about plucking the speck out of your, right, that's your a neighbor's big part, yeah. eye mm-hmm, without mm-hmm. looking at the logs. I mean, I think one way yeah. to avoid that kind of mentality is regular confession. And, yes. you know, there's a story I'm sure that I've shared. My friend Shelly from Arizona was so funny. She was just like, she, she was a new Christian and our pastor's wife had been kind of discipling her and, and taking her through a Bible study. And she said, I don't really sin that much. (laughs) And the pastor's wife kind of laughed. She's like, well, we all sin. And she's like, yeah, but like, I don't, I don't understand. She's like, how about this? Ask God to reveal any sin in your Mm -hmm. life for the next, you know, Mm -hmm. just 24 hours. Yeah. And she came back after that. She's like, she was the one telling the story. She's like, and I came back after that 24 (laughs) hours and I was just laughing. She's like, Uh I didn't realize what a sinner I was until I asked God to bring it to mind. So it's that kind of thing. Like if you find yourself being hypercritical and Mm -hmm. being the police of everyone else's faith going, you know, not just discerning truth, that's important, Mm -hmm. but going off the deep end with it and just nitpicking, Mm -hmm. make sure that, that you, and I'm speaking to myself too, because Mm -hmm. I, we all do this. We all get on our high horse and our soapboxes. Just make sure you're regularly checking in with yourself and with God about where can I improve? How am I not being like Jesus right now? Yeah. And a big part of that can be finding a prayer partner that will hold you to that and and, Mm -hmm. and hold you accountable to that confession and introspection. Yeah. We did an episode on ecumenical prayers Mm -hmm. and how far to go in that. And, And that's kind of what I mean too. Like, okay, so. Most Christians agree with the whole, like, it's a cliche, but major on the majors and minor on the minors, like make a big deal out of the things that truly are a big deal. Don't care about the rest, but we definitely don't agree on what constitutes a major <laughs> or a minor. Do you right. know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. um, I'm sure there are some Christians who believe that if I'm a Christian and I only read from this version of the Bible, then it would be a sin for me to attend a prayer meeting with someone who reads that version of the Bible, you know, like. Like that kind of thing. And I think that because culturally we're getting so quick to just immediately cancel, it's probably easy for, easier for us to be like, nope, I'm not having any any fellowship with you whatsoever. I mean, and of course there are, um, there's an upper limit, right? I'm not going to go to a, you know, just to be goofy. I'm not going to go to a like satanic um, prayer meeting. You know, just for the sake of, oh, you know, trying to be a witness or something, that's, I'm not going to step into that. Um, So yeah, I mean, major on the majors, minor on the minors, but where, like, who gets to decide what's a major and what's a minor? And would you rather err on the side of being, like, sometimes, and I hate that we have to do this, like, sometimes people need to decide, would I rather err on the side of truth or grace? And it shouldn't come down to that. But sometimes I feel like there are certain cases where it might, like, would I rather be 
more graceful and maybe like air slightly theologically or would I rather be perfect theologically but but air on the side of giving grace to people and mm. you know it's just it it sometimes can be a hard balance but I'm gonna have to run soon is there any other one that you wanted to highlight real quick that we haven't covered I feel like that's really I think that that really kind of fleshes out quite a few of them how yeah. about you anything yeah. else on your mind I think that's a pretty good list there are more I think but, so too yeah. yeah definitely more to to just be thinking about but you know none of us live in a cultural box or mm-hmm. vacuum I mean mm-hmm. and so all of these things that are going around culturally do influence us right like I think about um the movies we watch now with the kids versus what we would have let them watch 10 years ago. Now, obviously some of that has to do with the fact that they're, you know, 10 years older, 10 years older. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, we do need to be aware of how all the influences around us are impacting our prayer lives um, specifically and just, yeah, our spiritual walks in general. I don't think the answer is to hate society or to become a hermit. I also don't think the answer is just long for those good old days. Cause those good old days never existed. Like <laughs> good old days are in the future. That's what's coming. Um, and yeah, I, I think let's just end with a reminder. There's so many good things going on now, you know, like speaking about what movies watch, even the fact that you can go onto websites and type in, is this movie appropriate for a 12 year old? And they'll right? tell you exactly. And so you get to decide, um, the fact that we have parental controls so that we can push a button and have certain things blocked from view. Like there's some really nice things that technology specifically and just today's environment in general have to offer. So while we're being savvy, while we're taking note of how some of these negative influences can seep into our lives, I think it's also important to, yeah, let's sit back and recognize if you're listening to this, you didn't die in childbirth. Congratulations. Right. Thank you, God. Um, yeah. <laughs> How many? Yeah. I mean, let's, let's just go ahead and pick a number. What would you say? 10% of women today, if we didn't have any kind of medical help, maybe more like just dying in childbirth. Another, let's call it 30% would have died from some kind of, um, you disease. know, disease, um, I'm, I'm guessing that back in the 1800s and earlier, um, I don't think unless you struggled maybe with like not being very fertile, that you would have been a mom who hadn't lost at least one child, mm-hmm. you know, to something or other. So, yeah. I mean, there are some really, really nice things to be thankful for and to appreciate. There are, yeah, there are concerning things, but that's been in every culture and every time as well. Um And yeah, I think it's nice to just remind us our prayer lives are influenced by all these things around us, sometimes for the negative, but sometimes really, really for positive too. Mm -hmm. You know, I think about all the new studies and like productivity and how focusing on those can help our prayer lives, right? Like how many books have we referenced even on this podcast that help you like create better habits and things, you know, like that there's a whole science behind it now. That's great. That helps us know how to set up our our prayer lives in a better way or things that help us learn how to be healthier so that we have more energy to pray. There's lots of lots of good things happening, too. Absolutely. Well, let's go ahead and wrap up there. Um, Thanks for being with us, especially if you've been with us from the beginning. That's kind of fun. Uh, If you've been with us all four years or gone back and binged previous episodes, uh, we have so speaking about 
how your own unique personality impacts your prayer life, you can visit prayingchristianwomen.com slash quiz to take our quiz to, to kind of explore your own unique prayer personality. And now we'll close with our blessing and benediction. May God meet all your needs today out of the abundance of his generous nature. May he grant you the daily bread you and your family need. And may he provide for you as he does for the birds of the air who do not sow or reap or store away in barns, yet he feeds them. May he grant you all the clothing and shelter you need and bless you with a spirit of gratitude and contentment that rejoices in each good and perfect gift you've been given. And our benediction today comes from Psalm 121, verses 7 and 8. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. Amen. Thanks for joining us on today's episode of the Praying Christian Women podcast. We'd love to hear from you. So please leave us a comment to let us know what questions or topics we can address in future shows. Then hop over to prayingchristianwomen.com slash journal to download your free prayer guide. We're so glad you joined us for today's show, and we wish you God's deepest blessings as you draw closer to Him and change the world one prayer at a time.